Hey and welcome in film fans. This is the first ever episode of the SDFP, the second day film podcast on this Wednesday, the 21st of February, 2018. I am Evan Dean, your host with me today. And as always, Brandon Champion. Champ, how you doing? I'm feeling good, man. I'm ready to get this show on the road. We've been talking about it a while. Let's put our words to action. We've also got the popcorn correspondent with us, Sam Morse. What's up, Sam? Hey, you know, just keeping my popcorn to myself and ready to uh, share uh, share a little knowledge with y'all. There you go. We're excited to bring you this podcast. The three of us make up the Second Day Film Club. Champ, you actually started this club and you started the idea for the podcast. Tell us kind of what, what sparked the idea here. Well, first of all, Evan, I think we need to discuss whether or not three people actually make up a club because Fair. I'm not sure we hit <laughs> the actual uh, bottom barrier there. But anyways, basically, we're three dudes who like movies and we are kind of old school. We like to go to the theater. None of this Netflix jazz. One thing against Netflix. But we like to go to the theater and watch movies. Tradition. Yeah, and on Tuesdays here in Grand Rapids at the Celebration Cinema Chains, uh, it's Taco Tuesdays. Tickets are cheap on Tuesdays. And considering it costs about $15 to go to the movies, and sometimes more in bigger cities, we decided to take advantage of the cheap tickets, thus the second day film club, which is Tuesday. And yes, we know, some people might try and say that Sunday is in fact the first day of the week, which would make Tuesday the third day. But you know what? <laughs> We're going with it. Sunday's still the weekend. Yeah, right? tomato, third, tomato. Third day film cast was already taken, too. So There you go. We really... <laughs> And hey, look, I know three can hardly be considered a club, but that's what we're hoping to grow here through this podcast. We want to make our club bigger. That's why we're doing a podcast. We want to get you involved. We've got a whole lot of ways to connect with you. Second Day Film on Twitter, secondayfilm at gmail.com. And also you can find this Second Day Film podcast on Facebook. We're going to post these podcasts on our social media sites. We want to hear what you think about it, what you think about the films and the TV shows we've talked about. That's what it's all about, hearing from you who are the listeners. Thank you for listening. So coming up on today's show, we've got three segments for you. We're going to start with who's watching what. We'll run down what we've been taking in in the world of both TV and film. Then we've got popcorn problems. We're chatting about your issues at the theater, maybe your food and drink of choice from the concession stand. And today specifically, we'll share some maybe some unknown tips to make that bucket of corn all the better and your featured review as we will do each and every week. On this Wednesday, the 21st of February, we are reviewing a film that is absolutely exploding at the box office. It's Marvel's latest film, The Black Panther. So, gentlemen, you guys ready to get it started? Let's rock. I'm feeling good, Dean. No bud, though. Just Black Panther. Come on, man! Alright, so we're going to start it off with who's watching what. So this one, pretty self-explanatory. We're going to be talking about what TV, what film we're taking in right now. And Champ, let's start with you. What are you watching right now? What's caught your eye? Uh, so lately, man, I have just been not able to get enough of the FX show, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. This is the second season of uh, FX's anthology series, American Crime Story, uh, which is basically based around, um, you know, real-life crime stories uh, that are sort of in a dramatized sense. The first season was about uh, O.J. Simpson, the people versus O.J. Simpson, obviously a well-known trial. This one focuses on what I would c categorize as a, a much less known uh, murder, the assassination of Gianni Versace, who, of course, is the 
fashion designer, Versace, Versace. We all know all about this stuff. Maybe. Yeah. You know, if you're classy, way out of our price range. Anyways, he was murdered at the hands of a serial killer by the name of Andrew Cunanan. Um, this show is is really anchored by uh, an actor by the name of Darren Chris. He was in Glee, um, and he plays Cunanan, who is uh, the central figure. It's called The Assassination of Janet Versace, but really this show could be called... The Killing Spree of Andrew Cunanan. Yes, yes, because he really is the one who drives this show. I don't want to give anything away, but it has a very unique narrative structure to this show, um, and it, it sort of goes back through who Cunanan uh, was and maybe why he was doing these things. Honestly, Versace, we're only five episodes into this FX series, um, but Versace isn't even really in it that much. Uh, mm. If we're being honest, it's more about Cunanan. And um, without giving too much away, I think the other thing that this uh, show does really well, outside of Chris's performance, which is just captivating, is it really puts a, a focus and a perspective on the victims, which I think in a lot of true crime shows, um, the victims sort of take the back seat. And, and that's sort of maybe uh, inherently human nature. People want to focus on the serial killer. They want to know why he is the guy why is he doing this? Why is he doing these things? So maybe shows tend to focus on that. This show does a good job really giving perspective and uh, characterizations to the actual victims. Interesting. Which is something that I think not enough shows do because, um, you know, their stories are honestly just important as uh, the maniacal serial killer. It sounds like you like it. Oh, I love it. It's, uh, you know, I wasn't sure coming in. I wasn't sure if it was going to be my cup of tea. I really enjoyed The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Um, it was a good show, well acted, and similar similar here. It's it's really well acted. Um, so uh, definitely check out That's the Assassination of uh, Gianni Versace. All right. I have not seen it, but Sam, I know you've been taking this in. You're pretty excited about it. You've got it on your DVR. Oh, yeah. What do you think? Um, well, just to, just to add on to Champ, too, about some of the uh, people that are um, acting in it is we have our very own Ricky Martin. Viva la vida loca. Viva la vida loca. Ricky Martin. Ricky Whoa. Martin makes an appearance, yes. And there's a lot of, there's there's some tendencies to that. I'm not going to get into it because it will kind of spoil and we're not here to spoil today. Um, but then also Penelope Cruz. I don't know if anyone's watched Blow. Um, she's in many film, films, but Blow being one of my of favorites of her roles with Johnny Depp, obviously. Um, no, great show. Like uh, Champ said, it really uh, really brings in the victims, but... But I think it's something to do with Cunanan's personality that really draws him to his victims and which really exploits the show the most. Is like it really just, you feel like he just has some weird connections. I don't know. I don't want to ruin it. it you got to see it. It's just, it's, it's drawn me in. Five episodes in, out of nine. Pretty soon we're going to come to the conclusion, so I'm really excited. He's just a really charismatic guy, so you can Very. at least how Chris plays him. I guess we we don't really know how the serial killer was himself, and this this series is actually based on a book by Marie North. Um, a, a, a sort of uh, it's called Vulgar Favors. Andrew Cunanan, and Gianni Versace, and the largest failed manhunt in U.S. history. So uh, oh, they're yeah. kind of filling in some blanks here, but at least the way Chris plays Cunanan, it's so captivating, and you could kind of see how he would be able to maybe lure some of these victims in. Um, but definitely a show worth checking out, especially if you like the first one. Yeah, that's on FX. Uh, obviously, grabbing some big names, FX is, for these these American Crime Story series. Um, we're going to transition now to Sam. Sam, I know you've been a huge How to Get Away with Murder fan. Yep. And I also take in the show... And they have been putting us through some painful breaks here. Very, very painful. I don't know if you've seen the trend lately, but I kind of stick to them crime shows a little too much, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but honestly, how to get away with murder. Last week, so excited, sat down, had my dinner ready to go. 
sitting ready, ready. Nothing showed up, not even on the DVR. I thought Champ deleted it, to be honest. Started I actually th- accused him. Yep, started throwing accusations around. <laughs> I did. Um, recent Google found out that it's uh, delayed till March 1st due to the Olympics. Rightfully so. But what kind of pressure does this put on a watcher? As you're following this, this how to get away with murder, you got this murder scene, this court case. Imagine if a court case was delayed for so long. Does this kind of like tie into your, your thoughts of, well, do I remember everything? Do I know what was yeah. behind door number one, or should I really go into door number two? I don't know. Yeah, I know you're right. What's more, too, is how to get away with murder. At least at one point, particularly from my opinion, the second season, it was so tangled, convoluted, confusing. This season, which is still the third season, they've worked to untangle the web a little bit, and I think that they've done a good job in making it a little more simple, a little easier yep. to follow, uh, but they're certainly keeping us in suspense right now. Hold on, guys. I, I don't watch the show. I, I need you to tell me what's so great about this. I, I mean, I've heard a lot about it, but, you know, I haven't gotten involved yet. What, what makes this show great? Well, Viola Davis, um, she's... End it. End it. Viola Davis. That's all you need to know. Plays a f- fantastic role, and she yeah. has she has a uh, a college student, or she's a college professor that she brings onto these, like, these college students onto her cases, and she just... It, would say manipulative. Yeah, I mean, so so I say end it because her role, her performance is amazing. She is she's a, a law professor, yeah. and she brings in the best of the best of her students to basically be interns and work on cases, and they end up getting roped in to real crime situations. And you really just kind of have to start the season at the beginning and go from there. But I am sure you know. I mean, Viola Davis has won several awards for her performance. Uh, I mean, you know, you watch the award show. She's won several times. Uh, she's fantastic in How to Get Away with Murder. But uh, as Sam explained, we're still waiting on what's going to happen next. So, Evan, would you agree with me here by saying don't jump into How to Get Away with Murder about how excited we are about what's coming up now? But if you haven't seen it, maybe start from season one just to get that undertow because it's oh, definitely yeah. not a show you can watch. Oh, if you start now... You're going to be totally lost. Yeah, that's I, that's part of I think the problem with the show is it's they they make it too complicated, too convoluted. But uh, it's still a great show. Listen, I don't think we're going to be recommending too many shows here where you should jump in halfway through. You know, that's just not <laughs> the way to do things around here, right? You got to yeah. watch it from the start. Hey, but we're going to get to my show, what I'm watching now, and uh, these two crime hounds, uh, obviously watching some very some very uh, dark emotional shows. My show is emotional, but in a different way. I have been watching This Is Us. We know this is a popular show. It's an NBC hit right now. I was uh, a little late cu- to the Culturally party. relevant, Evan? Is that what you would say This Is Us is? Absolutely. Pause. I need to wipe my tears. Exactly. I mean, you look you look on Twitter, Facebook, people who are watching this. Is there a show that has made more people cry over Not the past couple of years? I was a little late to the party on this show, um, but I have since watched all of it. I caught up in time for the Super Bowl episode. I won't give away any spoilers, but it is a... Um, it is a huge episode in the series, and we're in season two now. But what I will say is, and I think if you guys have seen this as well, you can agree, what makes this show great is it has characters in it that you care about. It develops characters that you really come to love, come to care about, and it develops them in a way 
through flashbacks. You learn why people are now through the flashbacks that you've seen from back then. Have you guys seen it, and what do you think, Champ? I have. Uh, I've, I've watched uh, the first season. Me and my girlfriend have been uh, religiously watching This Is Us. We just got through the first season. We're a couple uh, episodes into season two. Um, but I, I agree. Characters such a strong point of this show. The sort of dual uh, uh, narrative and the different timelines really helps to develop them because you're seeing them develop relationships at different points in their lives. The cast, uh, led by Sterling K. Brown, but also Mandy Moore, Milo Ventimiglia, that's not an easy one to say, Chrissy Metz, Justin Hardy, uh, you know, everyone involved, Ron Cephas Jones as uh, Randall's sort of uh, father. Uh, but it's just, uh, the show is just awesome. And, and the characters, you feel for them, you you can relate to their sort of struggles as a family. Um, highly recommend checking out This Is Us. Absolutely. Sam has uh, not yet seen it. Not yet, no. Nope. We're encouraging you very much to see it. Obviously, this is a show that, you know... This champ said, such great characters, so much emotion, and something you need to check out. All right. All right, now we are transitioning into our next segment. This is called Popcorn Problems. So this is where we're talking about issues you may be having at the theater. Today, we are specifically zeroing in on the best way to make your corn while heading to the movies. Everybody's got a preference, and we're going to start with our popcorn correspondent sam morris and uh sam you've got a lot to say about the best way to make popcorn i'm a uh i don't know if anyone knows this yet i mean obviously it's a first uh first podcast of our our little venture here but big popcorn fan um <laughs> just want to put that out there but see my but, but for me i'm more of the traditional pop guy okay. i like i like the you know the butter the, the salt um even spread all that but there's just this Big, uh, I can't get over it, and I don't know, and I don't know who to talk to, and I need to find out who to call. So if anyone out there can absolutely answer this for me, I'd love to hear your answer. I am so torn between that movie theaters pop both original popcorn and kettle corn as like a secret blend. Mm. So I'm kind of tossed up on that idea. I don't know if it's true, if it is or not. If anyone else feels the same way, please let me know. I gotta know, and I don't have the answer. Well, I would venture to guess that uh, popcorn probably varies uh, from different theaters. You know, the secret magic tricks to it. Um, but, you know, you're caught up on how the corn's actually made. I'm caught up on how to actually make the best bucket of corn. Because I swear, we all go to uh, Celebration Cinema. We all have the $35 buckets that you can refill. This is not an ad, I promise. Uh, we do not work for Celebration We will Cinema. accept advertising dollars from <laughs> Celebration Cinema if you are listening. Yeah. Uh, but on the other note, we have the refillable $35 bucket, um, and it's great. We would all recommend it. Uh, the only problem is the employees fill it to the brim almost to where it's overflowing, so when you go over to the uh, filling station with the butter and the various toppings, it's a little bit hard to get it uh, equally portioned throughout. And this is something that I've struggled with for a while, and I would actually like to know how I can get an evenly spaced uh, uh, buttered popcorn instead of just having like a butter pocket or eating one kernel and like, you know, dying of heart disease from having too much salt. <laughs> well, the good thing is you know me. All right, everybody, are you ready to have your mind blown? That's the first time anyone's ever said it's a good thing to know, Evan Dean. That's right. But this is the good time to know me. I've got two options to make sure your popcorn is evenly buttered. Are you guys ready? All right. So, 
We as Champ said have been getting these. We basically bought a bucket, thirty-five bucks. You can refill it as many times as you want for four months. So, with this, I mean, I've already paid for it. I've gotten my money's worth with it. I don't need it to be filled to the top every time. So what I do is I go in there. I say, hey, fill this three quarters full. And so I go over to the butter machine. It's three quarters full. I hit the first top layer. Then I shake it up. I get the popcorn underneath. It's uncoated to the top. I hit that with more butter. And then I do it one more time. Get the very bottom popcorn to the top. Spray some butter on that. And then three layers of butter are in there. Now, if you don't have the refillable bucket and you're not as obsessed with movies as we are and you're just going once, here's what you do. You go there. You spray the top of your popcorn with butter. Then you grab two straws. Stick them in the middle of your popcorn bucket and then put the straws underneath the popcorn butter dispenser and the butter will go down the straw. I know this is absurd. I take so much pride in this, way too much. Down the straw into the middle of the corn. That way you have got butter, the delicious butter artificial butter in the middle of your bucket and you've got it at the top. Disclaimer, if you want to use the Evan Dean method, make sure you show up at least 45 minutes before the film. And make sure you also uh, have your doctor check you for cholesterol as well. Yes. And I also want to know that you missed your calling, Dean. Um, I know you're a newscaster and all, but didn't you think engineering would be more your... I know, I know. You guys, I know. I'm, I'm telling you, if Celebration wants to take my ideas and, you know, help us bring this off the ground. We would love it. One Email other, us. One, yeah. one other option, uh, if you're at Celebration Cinema or most movie theaters out there, it's sort of similar to your first idea. If you ask for real butter and you have a good employee behind the counter, they'll use the similar tactic of put some corn in, real butter, corn in, real butter, corn in, real butter. Got to spend a little bit extra money, but hey, there you go. It might be worth it if, like Sam over here, you're a corn connoisseur. And lastly, it is time for our feature review Today, we're talking about Black Panther. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hold up. Let's go, go, go. So this film, completely fresh, it came out just the past couple of weeks. This one directed by Ryan Coogler, and guys, this is a star-studded cast. Your hero of the film, the Black Panther, is Chadwick Boseman. Your supervillain in this one, Michael B. Jordan. Daniel Kaluuya of Get Out, he's also in this, as well as Sterling K. Brown. I talked about it earlier. He plays Randall on the NBC show This Is Us. And we've also got former Oscar winner Forrest Whitaker. So, going to give you the description of this film straight out of IMDb. T'Challa, the king of Wakanda, rises to the throne in the isolated, technologically advanced African nation. But his claim is challenged by a vengeful outsider who was a childhood victim of T'Challa's father's mistake. So... It's important to mention here, this is the 18th film 
in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's their film version of their comic books, essentially. But this here, this is an origin story. This really makes it a standalone film. It's just smashed records at the box office. Um, but before we dive into the film itself, it is important to mention it is right in the heart of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Champ, you said it's one of your favorite Marvel films. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them all uh, throughout the years. Obviously, this started in 2008 with Iron Man. It's been sprinkled. Uh, they've been coming out periodically since then. I would put this pretty close to my top five, and, and that's really saying something when it comes to these films, because anyone who's a fan of them uh, will know that it's, uh, you know, they, they make some pretty incredible films. Uh, because this is a character we haven't really seen on screen before, I think it makes it even more extraordinary that it's doing that well and it's mm -hmm. been this well received because black panther let's be honest he's not an a-list comic book character uh of the likes of iron man or spider-man or uh, Cap uh captain america you know at least in the marvel universe black panther's always been sort of a secondary character yeah um appearing in comics with the fantastic four daredevil and others such like that um so the fact that his uh, standalone movie is being received so well is really uh, saying something. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do, everybody out there. We're going to have a spoiler-free review. We'll start with that. If you've seen it already, uh, we'll get to the spoilers in just a little bit, but we're going to start spoiler-free. And, Champ, I, I guess I want to start with you here. Tell us a little bit about this movie and also why you think it's gotten such rave reviews and so many people at the theaters. <clears throat> well, uh, I mean, honestly, uh, there's no other way to describe this movie other than, well, I guess you could describe it as entertaining and, uh, you know, exciting. Uh, but I really just feel like this film is, is very culturally relevant. It's breaking barriers within the comic book genre. It's breaking barriers within the... Uh, uh, the superhero genre, it's bringing people to the theater that normally wouldn't go to a theater. And the obvious reason for that is because it's um, a, an African-American superhero. This is a superhero that debuted in the 60s, created by Stan Lee. This is a movie that it stars uh, uh, pretty much all African-American cast. Martin Freeman and uh, Andy Serkis are mixed in there. Um, but, it, but this is a movie that that shines a light on Africa, not just African-Americans, but on Africa uh, as a whole. And it really brings this world to light in a way that we haven't really seen before. Yeah, absolutely. And Sam, you know, we talked about it after the film. We all saw this last night together. Marvel has struggled at times to find that villain. And in this case, it's Michael B. Jordan. He's Eric Stevens or Eric Killmonger. And you said this villain sets this movie apart. Absolutely. I think like, uh, any good uh, superhero film, you have to have a good villain, dating back all the way to The Dark Knight. I mean, everyone can agree the Joker was, you know, hands down the best villain we've seen um, played in a role in a long time. Not saying that Michael B. Jordan reached that level, yeah. let's say, but Michael B. Jordan played a very good villain, which really brought out the best of Chadwick Boseman, or his character in the film, um, to be able to, to, you know, the fight scenes, the, the tension there. The whole the the plot twist the everything building up to that moment he just he played a remarkable role and he and he, and you felt it you felt it and you you felt his oppression and you felt you know and that's that's particularly important within the Marvel Cinematic Universe because one of the main things people have griped about is that the right. villains have not been very. Uh, uh, developed. They haven't been yeah. great. They haven't been two-dimensional. They Outside of really Loki in the Avengers films mm -hmm. or Thor, uh, the villains have been pretty forgettable, and that's been one of the constant, consistent critiques of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So to have someone like Killmonger in this movie that is 
every bit is an, uh, an we knew equal. who he was. Yeah, every bit is an equal and sort of someone that you can actually relate to and sort of get behind in a certain weird way um, is interesting and it really helps this movie. And what's more is that you have a hero and a villain who so who so directly uh, explain parts of African American history. I mean, obviously. You know, we're three white guys. We can't necessarily re relate directly to, um, you know, African-Americans in the United States, those who have, have, have grown up from slavery to oppression. But you have this Michael B. Jordan, uh, his character is Killmonger, who uh, essentially uh, wants to grab the power that Wakanda contains and he wants to use it to basically overpower those who've oppressed him. And then you've got the hero, the Black Panther, who wants to use the power to connect people more as, as MLK would. And, uh, and Killmonger, almost in a, in a Malcolm X uh, way, wants to overpower those who've oppressed him. So very, very interesting, very uh, good film. Uh, we would highly recommend it if you have not seen it already uh, but what we want to do now is we want to jump into what played out uh, so if you have not seen it and you still want to see it you don't want to hear about what happens in the movie here's your chance to jump out and check back in with us at the end of the podcast this is now when we get into those spoilers so talking about spoilers now of course champ one of the big themes is whether or not wakanda who has uh, this this metal, this incredibly rare metal that gives them the vibranium. powers, vibranium, the powers they have, whether or not to unleash it. I guess when with what plays out here, what did you take away from from the plot? Well, I mean, going back, it, it goes back to that central relationship, and it's not the only relationship here. You got Angela Bassett, who is uh, T'Challa's uh, mother. There's a, a sister role, and I'm forgetting the actress's name, but she's great. He has a sort of love interest who is also integral to the plot. So a lot of relationships going on here, but I think the main uh, relationship that really drives the film is the relationship between Killmonger the villain and T'Challa. Yeah. And like you said, it's sort of this mixture of uh, mentalities and how to use Wakanda's wealth and greatness. And the thing that really uh, makes it so interesting is because us as viewers, as uh, Americans and not Wakandans who have this wealth, we can relate to Killmonger who says you have – he lives in the real world. He sees how Africa is being – uh, downtrodden and, and the violence and the poverty and he sees you have all this wealth and you haven't helped these people and not just africa but also urban areas in the united states right because killmonger actually came from, from oakland. oakland california right he we can sort of relate to his cause which makes him a sort of tragic hero type villain rather than just like this guy who's bad for no reason and i think that central conflict between we can see both sides of the spectrum why both would want to do it and neither one's right or wrong i think that that's really what what makes the, the the last portion of the film when they actually come in confrontation to each other great because we need to keep in mind uh, Killmonger isn't even the main villain for half the film. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely, we've got a totally know a totally different villain. But you know what what ends up happening? You know, as this movie plays out, and we should mention it here as we're giving spoilers, is Killmonger takes the throne. He challenges Black Panther. He takes over the throne, and it, it basically uh, what ensues is is a is a clash mm -hmm. uh, in Wakanda of of do we use our powers to overpower others or do we use them to build bridges? And Sam, I know you were pretty struck by the scene where um, where Black Panther ends up killing uh, Killmonger and, and he essentially says, we can save you. 
we can save you and save your life. And Killmonger says, I'd rather die. Yeah, he says, just like, you know, my the people before me, we don't want to live in cages, you know, and rightfully so. Throw me so, in the ocean with my ancestors. Is exactly the quote, yeah. right, right the quote from the book. Um, it, it, it really strikes home and it really strikes a chord with people. Um, and I think that's what's grown a lot of attention to the film. Um, but what you were saying earlier about the challenge is really what I wanted to touch base with. Is I really like the the format of the challenges um, that that throne could be challenged. Um, obviously, by royal blood, there's four um, four nations or four tribes that all live in Wakanda, and they all get a chance once the king dies to put best put forth their best. And and I think they did a really good job at keeping the the African culture the 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 tribal like the whole tribe um it you feels know, authentic very yeah. very much so that's the right i couldn't find that word from, in my life. from the costumes to Absolutely. the to the actual setting to the when they're actually doing battle it feels like wakanda has been doing this for thousands of years it feels like it's a, a civilization that is actually played out over and over again and that i think is is something you know we have to believe that we're in the world we're mm -hmm. in you're right and and you know the themes in this movie were so strong that's what we focused on but you're right champ the 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 set the scenes the costumes this was fantastic from a visual from a visual aspect well uh, in particular i'd like to highlight uh you know when they go through the ritual to give uh you know uh t'challa the power of the black panther um, you know, they, they go into this sort of dream sleep where they get to go uh, and, and mingle with the ancestors and just uh, the way they portray it with the with the neon lights and the sort of northern lights look in a savanna with bat, with panthers that are actually a single tree uh, like ancestral yeah. uh, beings. Oh, it's, 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 it's very moving and it really feels like something authentic. Uh, straight out of Africa, and and um, you know it, it's it's really just a moving film overall, both in terms of the subject matter and also the more uh, the themes that are very relevant that they're trying to portray. Absolutely. And lastly, before we uh, wrap up the, the the review, the spoiler review uh, of Black Panther, ultimately the Black Panther he makes the decision to slowly start to share their powers with the rest of the world. What it, did you make of that? Well, I, I think that it really comes full circle to where him and Killmonger, ultimately he agrees with what Killmonger's saying in, in maybe more of a less, uh, you know, hostile way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But ultimately I think, and we see that in that last scene that we're talking about, is they realize they are brothers in a certain way. They realize that they have a like-minded uh, philosophy just sort of in maybe a little bit skewed different way, and that's based on their personal experiences. And that's a very real emotion you know we're all shaped by our experiences you know and i think that the movie does a good job pointing that people can think the same but it might just be warped a little different based on how you live your life right absolutely um, and i think that last scene where he decides to share the wealth he learned from someone he thought was a villain but that's mm -hmm. that's what makes a great king which t'challa is you you sometimes learn more from your enemies than the people that you keep close absolutely and uh you know that that's really the bottom line here is in my mind, as we wrap this review up, um, you have a movie that's so packed with action, so visually stunning, as are so many Marvel films, but there's so many themes underneath. So, uh, Sam, what'd you give it out of 10? I gave it a 7.5. Okay. Um, like I said, it's close to my top five of maybe the Marvel, but okay. um, 7.5 for me. All right, Champ, how about you? Uh, I'm in a little higher on that. I'd give it an 8, and that's uh, right around uh, some of the other films. I think there's only a couple Marvel films I've given a 9. 
uh, Thor Ragnarok, I believe I gave a nine, and uh, Captain America Civil War, I think I gave a nine, and the original Avengers, I believe I gave a nine, but uh, other than that, it's it's right there with the best. Yeah, I rarely give out nines or tens, and I gave it an eight, so I really enjoyed this as well. Uh, if you're if you're clicking back in, uh, we have officially wrapped up our spoiler segment of Black Panther. But before we go, we want to let you know how you can connect with us. We appreciate you listening. You're really what makes the podcast go, is our listeners, and we want you to connect with us. So, Champ, quickly run down how people can do so. Well, yeah, the thing that makes a great uh, film podcast is interacting with uh, like minded film loving individuals so we want to hear from you you can follow us on twitter at uh, second day film that's all written out there's also an email second day film at gmail.com and we're on facebook at the uh, second day film podcast so feel free to interact and get involved and i just want to add too is uh tell us what to watch i mean we don't have to sit here and watch movies that we like to watch we want to know what you want us to watch because we want to have that connection with you as well um plus i need more ideas i'm like i said how do we get away with murders uh, done till March 1st? So give me something, folks. There you go. Give and, us and we, a shout out. And we've got a lot of segment ideas, but we want to hear what you guys want to talk about, too. We're going to be mixing in some stuff. We're going to try some stuff, and uh, hopefully you guys like it. Like I said, this is just the, the maiden voyage here. Yeah. So hopefully we can get a little better, and you know we're, we're doing our best out here, but we love movies, and we hope you uh, enjoy uh, checking them out with us. And that is it for the mated voyage of the Second Day Film Podcast. Hey, we had a ton of fun recording this tonight. We hope you enjoyed it just as much listening. Thanks for listening in on this Wednesday. Have a great day, and we'll see you at the movies. The Second Day Film Podcast was produced and edited by Brandon Champion. Music featured in this episode was recorded and produced by Eric Baer. The opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the individual that spoke them.